everybody, and welcome into Casual Relief, a door disc golf podcast. My name is Ben, joined as always with Matt and Michael. How are you fellas doing today? I heard you guys split around. Yeah, we, we it was around. It was around for sure. Yeah, we played around. That's that's very accurate. Good to be with friends. Yeah. Not great golf. Uh, no. I lost our. I lost the coveted one tag today. Got it earlier in the week. Lost it to the guy who originally had it. So had it. Yeah. Well, you know I they... did nothing to try and challenge for. I uh, yeah nothing to challenge. Well, you know what they say the the one tag is meant to be lost. You, you, I mean, like, I had it. Like, I had a target like, on my it's back. Like coaches are hired to be fired. Coaches are hired to be fired. Mm-hmm. The one tag is meant to get to be lost. Rules are meant to be broken. Silver. Did some rules get broken today. No, no, no rules no. are broken. But this no. is just oh, those you're general, saying, those you're general saying saying. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Silver Creek's always a good a good track, though. I was just telling Michael on the way back that it's a course that can always I feel like I sling every single one of my frisbees that I have uh in my bag at that course. So a good wide variety of shots um just all over the place. So always there's a good a, time. There's depending depending on the layout you play too, there's a couple of feel good uh like feel good fours that yeah. like are up and down. Yeah, we played all threes for any any of yeah. so. We did something different. We played all silver available baskets today. So it's a little different than what we usually do. Usually we just play reds, but all silver baskets was a fun track. Haven't played silver baskets in a while, so fun track, difficult, but and all silver baskets without we played the middle tees, so oh, yeah. we didn't play any like any of the true super silver mm-hmm. holes, but the super silver holes are yeah, big time. Yeah, silver silver is one of those those courses where it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. You can go and you yeah. can you know kind of push yourself and push yourself to the limit by playing a super silver and you know trying to really push yourself and see what you can do. But then you can also go out there and play play short reds and just you know you know just have a good time and get away with throwing a lot of mids and fairways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what are these one of these days we're gonna get a hundred or lower sub hundred. That's the goal there. Thanks, buddy. Sub one hundred. Thanks, buddy. Maybe we'll maybe we'll film a video. Maybe we'll we we'll hit up some 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 folks that have some camera equipment, and we will uh, we'll film a video trying to break a hundred there. That'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. So It'd be a long video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is. That, well, you, we you can we, can we can fast yeah, forward. We have a new Cut. stat. We, we, Disc golf has a new stat with the uh, slugging percentage. So. <laughs> You know, we can just call it that if anybody's drive <laughs> lands in circle two, then we'll just, you know, fast forward right to the to the putting and, you know, yeah. we'll figure it out. We can make it work. You know, we can always do two parts. So we'll figure it out. But Ooh, we're a two part. We'd have to make sure that our cameras are fully charged because, yeah, that would take quite a bit of uh, bandwidth up. Yeah, I well, plus we just kind of need two parts because I don't think anybody can really handle us for a two hours. Uh, yeah, they barely they handle, handle us for an hour. Yeah. Long, so. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, just kind of looking at our episode for the week, as always, we will end with buy or sell. A um, couple things we're going to talk about today. Um, we are going to talk about um, shit layouts and changes happening week of tournament, what, what's kind of acceptable there, how we feel about things with that, um, how, and you know specifically referencing um 
players vocalizing their opinions and uh, things being changed leading up to the event. We're also going to talk about um, some street teams and just some other stuff going on. Um, recently, Lone Star opened up their team again, just when you thought it was big, got bigger. Uh, so we'll kind of have a discussion with that. Um, but before we get into it, as always, uh, we are powered by Door Disc Golf. Um, so be sure to head over to DoorDisc.com. Um, you can, uh, you know, check out everything that you, you could ever imagine under the sun. They just got a, a good, uh, good shipment in of some MVP and some other stuff. I was just up at the shop the other day. Um, just a lot of cool stuff going on there. So make sure you check out DoorDisc.com. Make sure you also follow. Uh, the night owls podcast uh, both on instagram and wherever you listen to your podcast um and then yeah obviously if you're listening to us here now or you're listening on youtube yeah you should know i think at this point um i say that but you might not that we are now on our own feed so we are no longer uh appearing as episodes in the feed for night owls so you'll just have to search for casual relief but as always like i mentioned we are all one big happy branded family so you'll find us eventually um spread the love share the love give us a like give them a like all that good stuff so uh let's get into it so i think it is relevant to kind of mention we don't really do casual or we don't really do current events in terms of like tournament coverage on this show those really aren't necessarily things like as far as like winners or like sponsorship tracking or anything like that but it is relevant to kind of something we're talking about um when this airs, the event will be over, but in the days leading up to the Beaver state fling. Um, so that track was changed this year and that it, it was changed significantly this year. So it's my understanding. You can correct me if I'm wrong that in the past it was like a, uh, so it's at Milo McIver and Milo West is in, is nine holes and Milo East is, um, 18. And it's my understanding that in the years past for Beaver State Fling, and now correct me if I'm wrong, that they picked 18 of like the best holes, and then they that was like the Beaver State Fling layout. Yeah. This year, it has changed significantly in that they are just kind of, for lack of a better term, safariing everything, mm-hmm. and they are just p- taking the property as a whole and saying, how do we combine these holes and how do we make it just the best and a championship level 18 um so this week leading up to the event and this was all coming up from chandler kramer um who was following along uh well not obviously he's following along he's playing but he was tweeting along with kind of as the developments came um hole 17 was originally laid out as a par five for the fpo field and a par four for the mpo field in the week, he had tweeted out like, "Hey, here's like like with a screenshot from the caddy book. Um, hey, here's the what's the over under? Uh, I think he said the line at seven and a half uh, birdies uh, for the MPO field being a four. Um, and then like people were saying like uh, without seeing coverage or without seeing a practice round play, they were gonna kind of take it was all over. People were gonna take the over. People were gonna take the under." He then followed that up and said that there's enough player feedback from the uh, MPO field that that ended up going to a par five as well. So I'm going to open the floor to you guys. How do you feel about this? And then we'll kind of talk about moving into um, just kind of then the broader discussion of things being made, player feedback happening um, and, you know, all that, that kind of, that kind of stuff. 
Well, yeah, so on the way down to actually Silver Creek while we were playing today, we had the discussion on, like, what does it truly matter? Like, your score is going to be the same regardless of par, whatever it may be. So does it really matter? No. Does it matter for a confidence boost? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, So I think that that's kind of where we're looking at it. It's looking at it from a standpoint of, do you want players to feel better about their rounds or feel worse about their rounds? Or how do you want this to look on coverage for people taking birdies, you know, the total number of strokes under par people sometimes complain of, you know, this course is too soft or this course is too hard. Softening up the par is definitely going to help your course be viewed more positively. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I'm right with Michael on this. Like at the end of the at the end of the day, though, your 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 a lot of people say they're not competing against other people; they're competing against the course. You're competing against like, you know, what the course is laid out. And I'm all for player feedback and all those kind of things, but um, I think that's something that's very real. As you have your casual distance, and then you have your tournament distance too, where you know, people throw further or they're, they have, you know, they can throw further in the tournament because that pressure's on. They, they have that extra adrenaline where, you know, you kind of just bailed out and changed it to a par four because, or par five, because people complained where, you know, you know what, have it for a year. And if it doesn't work out next year, you have your changes. And yeah. we've talked about it on the show before where you host tournaments and, you know, yeah, we didn't like that this year. Okay. We'll do it differently next year. Like, um, I just think they kind of bowed out too early. And I think it's really interesting because I feel like disc golf is one of the sports where like players have a a lot, if not most of the say in what happens and the rules and how events are run where I don't think you generally see that in other sports. Um, It's unique, but also can cause some, cause some issues down the road too. Yeah. Where I do commend them is they made the change early enough so that it could be communicated to everybody and it wasn't like a last second thing. So, yeah, I, I, I agree in the sense that, you know, that it was handled in all senses of the word appropriately, as far as like that it was communicated. Um, and I ag- agree that like, it's just a weird situation because, if it's one of those things where it's like enough people, enough voices were there. And I don't know. I, I'm just curious for, for me personally, like, like where did the train, where did the train of communication go? Like, did it go to like players to Jeff spring to the TD or did it go players to TD to Jeff spring or like how, like it's, it's something that I genuinely want to ask Jeff spring is like, do the, just this, this question of, how much autonomy does the do does each TD have on the tour? Like, I, and that's yeah, just that's that's a very, good question. That's very yeah. That's does, a really good does, question. does the DB does the DGPT run? Do they does DGPT run these events through the tournament director, or you know, does the tournament director run this event with guidance from DGPT? So. So one of the yeah, so one of the things that I've heard that and this will hopefully when it comes out we will get some, mm. some clarity on how things work is is that there is a bid process. And 
the bid process is now going to be more public and open because I think they're kind of looking for more of a variety of things. And I think that this also kind of then just helps for transparency as in my opinion, what I think that the pro tour will be moving to the pro tour is the elite series. And then the silver events is the silver tour or like the corn fairy tour. Right. So I think that opening this all up and now it just kind of provides all those, those details and everything for it. But yeah, so like going back to what we were talking about is like, you know, the first so long of the tour, it was just like, oh, these events, we're calling you a tour, you're established, we don't really have to do much, right? Like, yeah, like, there's no doubt in my mind that like, when Doug Bierkus was running GBO slash DDO, when he was the TD, like, he had full autonomy over that event, Uh right? Like, Uh so I'm just kind of curious as to in this current stage of the game, like with something like this, how does, how is that, who, who gets to make that final call? I think it's, it, it is one of those things where I think it's, a, I, I don't want to say it's annoying, but I think it's just, I think it's subconsciously always going to be there. I think part of the reason for the change is, is that people didn't like that. It would have hurt their round rating or their event rating. And, you know, every all these guys keep saying, oh, we don't care about ratings. We don't care about ratings. But then, like, them taking a, an extra par or, like, potentially a six, like, where a six is a double versus a six is a single is, like, could be for them. And, like, they're subconsciously, I just mm-hmm. think that that's just something that well, and that would have was. If you think about it, like, if the hole is tough in general and you're asking it to be a par five, you're assuming that most of the field is probably going to be around the same as you. So you're not really losing strokes to the field necessarily. Yeah. Like the only way that you tank your round rating or ruin your round rating is if you blow up and take an 11 on the hole. Like, you know, you're like, that's the only way you're tanking your round rating. Like you're my, <clears throat> my question is, is just like, and I mean, this is still again, rhetorical. This is why, why do we complain about this whole being what it is and with them like there's no complaints about like northwoods black like Mm -hmm. the whole 12 like it's all just subjective at the end right like it's all just like i mean par is just subjective yeah at the end of the day like that's my like Mm -hmm. opinion like at the end of the day the only thing that matters is is like it's whoever threw the least number of shots because Mm -hmm. you know like i could i could i could have 35 birdies over the course of an event and I could still lose because if, you know, over four rounds, I've had 35 birdies and, you know, then the rest, I took doubles and triples, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think we're all just kind of in the same boat on that. So I don't think we really need to kind of beat the dead horse on that, but I think it's, yeah, I think now now is the time. I want to bring up just a specific scenario. The the scenario that Michael and I were talking about um, here closer to home. Um, with one of our Wisconsin tour events, um, friend of the show, Mike Harrington, who talked about him quite a bit, um, runs a great event at Zobel, um, Zobel Park. Um, there was some posts on the Wisconsin tour page um, on Facebook that um, mentioned that course pars have to be adjusted. Um, I think the hot round out there was like a plus one or something like that, um, which is a great score out there. Um, but a lot of the courses, so a lot of the, yeah, because Dobal is tough, especially from the long pads to the long, long to pins. Long, yeah. um, I think we counted it out, and like there could be quote unquote eight par fours, and everything is kind of that Iron Man um, par three. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to what 
what motivates you to get be good rounds and keep your mental game in check? Is it, you know, is it getting birdies or is it, you know, is it knowing what you're going to get on the hole and being happy and content with that, regardless if it's a par three or a par four, like, and that's really where I kind of break down. Like I have no issues with it, with having Iron Man out there necessarily, um, especially at like a local course here. Um, you know, like I know that Mike's not doing it out of spite. Like he's just, it just, those are the course parts. That's just what they are. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's one of those things where if you know, something is a really good three, then great. That's a, you know, you, you consider that a birdie and you move on just as about, I think where your mental state is and how your mental game is, you know, if you're getting frazzled over, you know, you finish out 16, 17, 18 on that course, you take a four, four, four in all the long positions. That's not something to be mad about. Like, you know, those are good. Those are good fours. Um, and I think it's, um, I think it's just one, sorry to interrupt. I just, I have this in my mind. I just think it's one of those things that it's just golf could take a lesson from golf. The big brother, like whenever you ask somebody that played golf, like you ask them how they shot, they'll be like, Oh, I shot like an 84 Mm -hmm. or like, you know, I was like, Oh, like I broke 90 and like for the first time and I'm like super pumped. And I understand that like, you know, it's a little it's different. Fun to get every yeah, it's, it's fun, to, it's get fun to get birdies, and I know that like pretty much every disc golf course, uh, like not pretty much every, like a good chunk of them, they're all fifty fours. Mm. So like we yeah. all just kind of know what it is, right? But it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, just kind of like these little inconsistencies that just make it weird. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, you're just you're playing against the course, and you're playing against your card mates. Like you're playing against the card mates and the people in your division. If you shoot the lowest score, it's a good round. Great. You know, and they're all going to be rated the same. Either if you change the pars to it be, you know, eight par fours on there, if it's plus one or neg seven, like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to rate the same if you change the pars, you know, that, that, right. that total score is going to rate the same. Do you think that people assign, think that the ratings system through the PGA is based on pars? I think anybody, I think people think a lot of different things about the rating system because the answer to that is that no one actually knows. The <laughs> there are, there's like, there's like two computer programmers and like three actual people that are, like have a true grasp of like knowing how it works and it's under lock and key. I think people don't know. I think people don't know what the ratings dollars. are. I think you're right. I think they, I think they just assume they know and that's not really the case. Yeah. I the okay. only thing that we know that does factor in is, is like conditions, mm-hmm. conditions of the course, weather, and then obviously like the gators, like the propagators in the field, right? right? Like, yeah. yep. so we like those are the things that we do know. But as far as like what, how they d- determine the deviation between strokes of like x amount of points, zero clue. All right, follow up question to the Beaver State Fling. Do you think they made all these changes to put in a bid for worlds in the upcoming years? No. I just, I, I, it's surprising to me that like even the pro tour came out and said, this is a silver series only in name. Like, so if it, but, but if that's the case, why is it a silver series? Like the players are, the players go, the players are there. I feel like if it was going to be there, like, I think a lot of times too, like, I think they're looking for 
a, another course there too. Like you would have to have a second course in the area to be able to run a world. I think that's kind of our standard now is two courses. Yeah. And I just, I don't know where the other course would be there. But when it comes down to it, I think Milo is one of the places that could hold the worlds on one course. Because it has distance, it has tight wooded lines. Yeah, I guess I'm not. Yeah, I guess I'm I not know. throwing it out completely. Disagree. But... Like, it's probably one of the best, like, well-rounded courses mm. in the world. I think it's making a good push to try to stay, like, become an elite event and stay on the tour. I think that's what it's pushing for more than like a world's bid. I think it wants to stay. I think the folks there just. I think. I think everybody wants it to stay relevant because it's been. A, it's yeah. been a great tournament over yeah. the past years. You don't want to fall. You don't want it to fall across. You know, fall to the wayside like like Dela, where that course is all but forgotten now to people who uh-huh. you know aren't they're just coming into disc golf. So yeah, I think yeah, I did, I think like there's just a lot of behind the scenes that we just don't know about, like what determines like a silver event. I think a lot of it has to do with like if you went back to back Portland Open and Beaver State Fling as two of elites, like that would be tough. It'd be it would be t- it would be tough, but at the same time, like we're also talking about then, like you're pushing a lot of people out because you're limiting, like you're like yeah, like you do owe it to like the in in its current state of the tour, you do owe it to these events to still have and maintain the local flair flavor, like that these you know because Beaver yeah. State Fling's been going on forever, like. Same thing with like GBO. Like you do owe it to these, you know, communities to still have some of that local flavor and local love, right? Where if they were back to back elites, people are going in and then they're gonna camp. Like the like as far as like the pro field. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about then like your entire field then is just gonna be eaten with with tour card holders, which isn't a bad thing, you know, because no. Portland's going to be an, is an elite plus, so there is not going to be any locals, with the exception of I think there's a couple of qualifiers for it. But you know, yeah, that's just why I, that that is my personal take and my personal like opinion. Whether that's true, I don't, I don't know. This is the first elite but, plus of the season. Yes, so they at least uh, the first RTV ever. The first. Yeah, Portland OTV will be. Was, Port- the first. was it? I thought I thought OTV was elite plus. No, it's Portland, um, and then Deglo. So kind of getting sidetracked. Di- what's the difference? What's like more points? Larger awarded? purse, larger more, purse, larger purse, and more points. Okay, yeah. Okay. Like it'll it, be like the like largest a, purses like disc golf's ever one seen. Point, isn't it like a one point five boost to points yeah, too? To points, yeah. Interesting. One point five times. Cool. Yeah. But, but yeah. So that I mean that's kind of that, but I mean as far as like just kind of wrapping it up, I guess like how do we, how do we feel like I, what I'm trying to say is like, I guess I'll just rip it off like a bandaid. How do we feel about yeah. a TD getting bodied by disc golfers, and just like just just deciding just folding, th- three days less than three days before the first tee. I'm not a huge fan, honestly. I will say that I'm not a huge fan. I mean, you're you're open to feedback. You can share your feedback with the TD. You can you can share everything that you want. Uh, at the end of the day, it's TD discretion, and honestly, we'll take a look at it next year. Like to make a change yeah. three days out from the event to me is kind of uh, kind of 
uncalled for. Like, just play it as it is this year, and next year we'll take a look at it. Keep it simple. I, I don't think I really care. Like, not not necessarily that I am indifferent to it, but, like, the tournament director's job is to run a smooth event. Changing a course par doesn't do anything to really affect anything besides player demeanor. I just think we're setting... And, and I'm okay with that. I just think we're setting a, we, a weird precedent, like... It starts well, out. There's no it, start, it starts. Yes. Out, it starts out as a course. No, this is it's, the precedent. Right. This now. is now the precedent where you starts out as a course bar, and then you're changing maybe a location, or you're Mando's. changing a, a Mando, or like those kind of things. And it just it, will it snowball? Probably not. Could it snowball? Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm worried about more than more than changing a par. The changing of the par is whatever. But we're just. I think we're starting to get a snowball effect from a, like. That's unlike any other sport where all these players have a lot of power in the, you know, in the sport, and you know they they deserve to have a voice for sure because they're the ones who are playing in it. But um, at the end of the day, share your feedback after, and I mean, you didn't even give the tournament a chance. You didn't even give it a chance in a tournament, like. Yeah. Yeah, I. Um, that was. I'm glad you you touched on that because that's just kind of what was my thought was is like. Yeah, I mean, it might just change the, the way a couple of people play the hole, you know, as far as what they do. But I mean, like, when it comes to, like, the course bar, yeah, it's just you're just kind of flipping a number around. And, I mean, we all say that you, you're playing the course, but, I mean, yes, you are playing for the, for birdies mm. and you're trying to, yeah. to get birdies. But it is one of those things that as, like, somebody that's a – been a td and like you just don't want to set these weird precedents like it is your like it's your event like you are the one that was putting in the effort and like you went in and when the course was designed for this event you determined what it was so why are they letting why are they telling you what it should be considering these guys are going to play this layout maximum of probably seven times six times maybe and then they're going to leave, and then they're not going to come back for another year. Yeah. So it's just like, why are... Yeah, I don't know. That's what event feedback is for. Yeah. 100%. Anything else to kind of wrap that up? I got nothing. Nada. All right. Well, we'll move on then. Um, we will kind of just talk about um, some street teams. I think we're just, you know, branded teams all in general um the good the bad and the ugly and the indifferent i think this kind of topic kind of snowballed um as lone star added another round of opened it up another round of team applications and selected another round and then the number that i easily could be wrong i don't know if it's true or not um the number that i read is that they now have 1100 ranger team members that's about where we put it at on the way down to silver when we were talking about it today yeah yeah yeah, I so the the my question is the uh, first off the why why do you think they did this and then if how do you how do you suspect many Ranger team members are feeling at the, in this juncture? Um, I mean, well, yeah, go, go uh, the new Ranger team members are stoked. The new Ranger team members are absolutely happy. But I bet 
old ranger team members are just like what i'm just a i'm just a number like i'm just one of a number yeah i mean i'm kind of in the same boat i mean um you know i'm sure lone star is pulling in a little bit more money uh you know on top of the emerson keith win and um you know then opening up your applications people are buying more frisbees now from them so um you know, but at the end of the day, for me, a, a branded team, um, I don't know, it should have some kind of loyalty. And to me, like... Or exclusivity. Exclusivity, yeah. Not even loyalty. To me, 11, Lo- to me 1,100 people isn't exclusive. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you had to go through some applications and really look at, you know... I'm sure you, got, I'm sure you didn't accept everyone, but I'm sure you didn't yeah. deny a ton of people if you're at 1100 and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of really good folks out there that can, you know, that sling some discs and they sling them well and they rep brands well, and they're willing to, you know, put it out there for, for that brand that they're super loyal to. Um, you know, that, the we talk about branded teams and the prodigy street team that has such a cult following to it that, and those people are loyal to the end on the prodigy street uh-huh. team. So, I mean, if you do it, if you do it right, you do it correctly and you take care of your people on your team, they're going to push, they're going to push product for you. And it's the, the easiest yeah. marketing tool that you can use as a company. Um, there's companies that have done it really well and there's companies that have not done it at all. It surprises the heck out of me. So how are things- you feeling as a Ranger team member? I, yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of deciding to do about what I want to do moving forward. Um, just it's like, I, it's weird. It's like, I understand it from a business standpoint, like you're a new, you're a new manufacturer, you're a new business. Like you got to yeah. make money, right? Like I get it, but like, it's, I will, I will echo my thought. I will echo what people have said online is, is that a lot of the, in in like the groups and things Mm -hmm. online, there are people that are frustrated in the sense that there are people getting into the team and then they are going onto these Facebook groups and saying, Oh, I, I, I don't know anything about Lone Star. Like I need to like, Oh, give me a Wraith. Give me a rock three. Give me a Zeus. Give me a Hades. Like, what are like, what, what are these? Like, so like it is a bummer in the sense that like these people are doing it just to be on the team. Yeah, with like the the knowing that they will be on a team, which is like it's good. Like that's fine. Like I understand like the desire to want to be on a team. Um yeah. you know, so like you know, we all everybody wants to be a part of something in disc golf and I fully respect yeah. that. You know, everybody wants to find their thing. Um so like that 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 definitely is pretty frustrating because like we all filled out applications and in the first round like if you're in the first round and as part of that application like you they did vet you like saying like hey like what disc do you throw why do you throw them what do you like them for you know all these things so then now it just seems like no applications are being read like that's just kind of the vibe there is like they're just like people are just filling out like a form with like their name and like whatever Google form. Um, yeah um so it's it's it feels to me and i feel and like again i'm just like i still have a lot of process and think about what i want to do 
but it feels to me and a lot of other people that the original round of Ranger team members were like shocked at first with the number, like the first number that went out of like in terms of like the number of people. Then they were, and then, then we were asked that we had to convert to 90% of our bag, which is a large financial investment. And yes, they did help yeah. out with that through discounts and various things. I'm not saying that they didn't hold up yeah. that end of the bargain, but it's still on average when you broke it down, like most people probably spent 200 bucks, probably that least. after the discount, after the discount, I would say probably the discounts probably spent a hundred plus mm-hmm. if they didn't are depending on where they were yeah. at with the number of things. So just for some context, I was bagging about five Lone Star slots, you know, so I, I was yeah. a, a, a percentage, you know, and you know, I would have, I I was prepared going in that I was going to be asked to throw more than five discs, but not 90%. Yeah. So then like people are like, okay, like was kind of bummed about the number of people on there, made a large financial commitment. And then now here we are and they're holding up there into the bargain and they are feeling like Lone Star did not have any like loyalty to them. And they are just like that, just a number. Um, so it's just a weird, it's a weird spot to be in just because it's like, I, from a business standpoint, like you totally get it. But at the same time, yeah. like it's also weird because you know, Lone Star preaches like this, like this family, this tight family. Knit. Yeah. And then like, really, if you're a family, you're not just a number, but yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I got to think about. I don't, you know, I, regardless, regardless of what I do, if I decide to end this agreement or I continue it and play it out or whatever happens, like I'm still very up in the air. Like I don't know what I want to do other than that. I don't think that I'm going to be playing for a disc manufacturer team anymore. Regardless, I just don't think that that's a a good move for me just because I have obviously more of a loyalty to to Shane and the shop and, you know, the team door disc golf. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was talking to him about was he was just like, yeah, like we, like the three of us and everybody on our team, just in general, we have access to so many manufacturers and so many discs and like to tie yourself down to, to some, to one thing when you have that access to is, it's it's interesting. Um, You know, so Well, well, Shane has preached that for years. It's just like, you have all of these, things available to you why are you tying yourself down every company has a plethora of good discs you know there's some companies that have great putters some that have amazing mid-ranges some that have great fairways and they feel better and like there's just so many companies out there that make fantastic discs and yeah you're right like you can get it all at doordiscgolf.com like you can you can get it all and it's it's one of those things and and at any shop really you can you can get whatever you want from wherever you want um yeah, and it's uh, there's so many different t- plastic types and like plastic feels and hand feels and like to limit yourself to and you know I think I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago too or a couple of episodes ago too where you know don't tie yourself down to to one brand I was I was very much all MVP for ever and flopped flopped back and forth another conversation we had today um, you know back and forth and you know now that I've kind of opened up my bag more and tried different discs and. I feel like I'm playing some of my best golf ever. Like, you know, there's just, every company has their disc that they've made really, really well. Don't, you know, don't tie yourself down to a brand, especially if they're not, if they're not doing anything for you. 
or not what you feel you should that what they feel they should be doing for you it's i just kind of learned like they're not paying you or they are not supplying you with what you deem as the best value for in free items, then it's just seems like you're on a losing end as a player. Yeah. Um, but I also like, yeah, it's just one of those, it's just a weird spot to be in, man. That's just kind of like, like I just have a lot of thoughts and like, I just don't know how to really articulate them yet because it's, you know, it's just one of those things where, I've had a lot of ebbs and flows with some of these like ambassador teams that I've been on. Um, you know, so I'm also on the circle one disc golf, uh, apparel They're They're an apparel company based out of Maine. I'm on their ambassador team and that's a, that's a great situation. Uh, Corey's the owner takes is learned a lot from year one of his, of having a team. Um, especially when Ricky mania happened with his bucket hat, <laughs> that was his company and things with like, you know the ambassador team and a lot of these other things kind of just kind of you know took a, a back burner because Pop, he was trying to keep off. because he was trying to keep the business afloat by you know doing runs of things and then uh-huh. like he learned he learned from it and then now it's just a great situation to be in um you know so check out circle one disc.com for all the, like that stuff can't preach enough good stuff about like just Corey and like the team and um you know the product so like where I'm getting with this is, is that I don't think it's unfortunate, but I don't think Lone Star is going to learn from any mistakes as far as if they, you know, from, from year one, I really like Lone Star. I think they do have a fantastic product. I just think that this is just one of their weaknesses is, is just this facet of it. But so who do you think out of the disc manufacturers, and I think there's only a handful of them that even have them, but who do you think has the best ambassador slash like in- like ambassador or like underground? Yes, just a general. They're all like, the same. They're all the same, and they're, they're all just, the same. There, I would say that we're when we're breaking this down, we are looking at it as players that are not being no actual money is being exchanged, right? Like, like the manufacturer, and this is the way I'm breaking this mm-hmm. down in my mind. So correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but it's like you are saying no actual money that is from the manufacturer to an individual. They are not writing a check. They are not giving any player any actual hard money for compensation. Yeah. I mean, I'm just talking about ambassador apparel, like all that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking like, I know that like team trilogy that there was one there for a while. There was, there's prodigy street team. There's, uh, the Lone Star one, Discraft underground, underground, actually supplies and pays okay so they pay cash i believe they i believe they do and even that one is i mean even that one's way more exclusive than any of the other one yeah i I think i believe discraft underground is the most exclusive Mm -hmm. that one is i know that you gotta like put in work and they vet i just didn't i just didn't know I just didn't know that if they were actually like paying, paying, like that you were on like a sense of a payroll. I knew that they like hooked you up like legit with with plastic and gear. Um, just talking to somebody that I knew that was on Discraft Underground, um, but I didn't know about money. But Discraft sure Underground, tiering. I do know. Yeah, I do know that Discraft Underground is probably the one that pays attention the most to your play and like is following yeah. you and making sure that yeah. you are like playing events. Like they mm-hmm. probably don't necessarily care about like number of podium finishes, but like you know they want to make sure that you're, how like, how active. you're performing. 
yeah they like they want to make sure that like you're at least probably in the middle of the pack or at least they're probably definitely paying close attention to like how many events you're playing and are you posting and all that good stuff um i would say though like i don't think like it's an ambassador team but i think trilogy probably does the best at in my opinion, just based on what I've seen as far as like building their team from a really young age and finding new talent, like they are hyping on their page all the time, both their juniors and then like, mm-hmm. you know, so they're taking care of like their younger crop. Like they're probably, obviously they're probably not paying, they're not definitely not paying all of these 13, 14, 15 year olds, but I think they're doing the best job presently because once these juniors and, you know, up and comers get ready to sign a, a good contract or they, you know, are, are starting to make waves. They're going to remember who took care of them first and they're hyping them up on social all the time mm-hmm. for every event. Yeah, they do really. So yeah, they, they are, so they are, in my opinion, probably the best at, from a team standpoint, just in that, that it really genuinely does look like that they take care of all facets of everyone and that they're genuine about that. Like we have a team for everybody. Yeah. I wish that MVP would roll out something like that. Like, especially like with the Simon mania and the hype there, I feel like you could have gotten a lot of people and there's a lot of like gyro knots out there that are obsessed with the gyro technology. They don't even, they don't even need it. They don't need it. They just, well, yeah, that's true. They don't need it at all. Cause there's so many people obsessed with the, with the brand, but yeah. um, I'm surprised that like more companies kind of don't take advantage of that where like, you know, it, maybe it's just, maybe it's a lot more financial, a lot more financial undertaking than I even think. But like, I feel like it's a really good way to have some people that you know, and that are contractually like obligated to push product, push sales, not necessarily push sales, but just you're just walking billboards. Like, I feel like it's a really, you know, 10% off. I feel like if you have somebody that's repping you all over the place, isn't really a crazy, you know, crazy amount for someone who's, you know, slinging your, like a billboard, free, free billboard all around tournaments and their local communities and all those kind of things. Yeah. I think outside of like the pro scene, I think, I think it'll just be like when down the line, when we start seeing, when we start going to events, it's just going to be more of guys like us playing mm-hmm. for, you know, our, our local shops. I don't, yeah. I don't think that it's going to be, I think, you know, you will still see some people on the come up that are, you know, on some of these exclusive teams or like they just got added to like the base level of like Innova or Discraft or like, you know, whatever, everybody has their own respective individual um, yeah. but I, I, th- I think shops and retailers or, you know, clubs is going to be kind of just like the, kind of the way of the future. So are you saying that like, no one's going to be sponsored by individual teams anymore? It's going to be more of a mix or. No, I'm saying like, I'm, I'm excluding the pro tour. I'm, oh, gosh. Gotcha. Okay. Like, when we go, when we go to like our A tiers yeah, yeah, yeah. or B tiers, like mm-hmm. our, our regional events, I think that like, there's going to be less people playing for i mean we already see it right like mm-hmm. like people who play for like like a northern lights or whoever yeah, yeah. But it's just like i don't i just don't i just don't foresee like i don't foresee people being like oh yeah i'm on the underground or the street team mm-hmm. or like you know lone star you know and i'm like the like and at a weekend warrior level right like i don't i that's my prediction yeah i mean i think i think that the store shop 
sponsorship is the way to go. Again, there's so many different options, so many different discs like that these shops carry. And a lot of times you're getting a discount code or, you know, you get a certain allotment or whatever, like, you know, of course you're going to go with these. And a lot of like at our level, like, you know, my more Michael than myself, but at this point you're only looking for backups anyway. So you're able to, you know, use your allotment, use your discount on, on discs that you want. And so it's one of those kind of things that, um, yeah, I think you're, I think at the local level, it's, it's, I think personally, it's much, much better to be sponsored by a shop than it would be by a specific disc brand in general, or just on the, like an ambassador team of something. Yeah. I, I would say that it, the only thing that like, I don't think I'd ever do a manufacturer again, but like, you know, I'd be open to like, like if like a whale sacks or like a, a retriever or like a like a bag or like you know something like that if i was ever approaching that sense like not that i would be like i'm not anything special in my uh, don't sell your, not like, with that I mean, attitude that, i mean you say that but like what happens when someone actually comes and seeks you out and says hey we want you to be on this team and they ask you personally mm-hmm. and they guarantee the fact that you're like hey you're gonna be yes if that if you know, that happened and the conversation went well then do of it? course mm-hmm. then but i'm from not from a not a disc manufacturer. Anything okay. else than I would if, like, the conversation went well and it, and it vibed and, you know, like, you know, a retriever, a mini company, or, you know... Squatch bags. You know, a, a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Be a squatchy. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, like, any of those things, like, yeah, definitely 100% would um, okay. enter- entertain that. I don't know. What, what, what were you guys? Yeah, I mean, I do you sell your I soul always, to the devil? I'm thinking that I, I oh gosh, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's one of those things that, if like, as a disc, if a disc manufacturer came up to me and said, "Hey, like, we'll do this, 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 this for you," and it was a good enough deal, yes. But like, I'm pretty, I, I'm happy with this. Like, I'm you know the happiest I've ever been. Like, I've had now. This is my second you know, store sponsorship. Like I'm like as, as thankful as I am for the first store, the first sponsorship I had, I mean, this is, I'm, you know, better off with this one and surrounded by a lot of really good people on this team too. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. And I feel like there is something to be said though, about you being approached, then you applying for something. Right. I don't, I would never, I would never apply. Yeah. I would never apply anything. Yeah. Right. But, um, Again, but it's tempting. I mean, again, if if MV, like a couple of years ago, if MVP would have had a street team or an ambassador <laughs> team or something like that, I would have been all over that, and I would have been pushing their plastic Still all over the all place. Over that. I, yeah, don't. We don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I just got. I just got rid of it all. Okay, we don't need to. We don't need to bring it back. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it would. It'd be tough. It, 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 yeah, it'd be really tough. Because you're uh, you're kind of like in this weird, not weird, but you're in this situation that you actually potentially could. You're closer than either of us would be because you are playing open and you are having a, a pretty pretty solid start to your open career. Yeah. So like, um, there's a higher man, potential of that happening to you than us. That's the hardest. I think that's the hardest thing to say, just because what I'm comfortable with and what I throw in my bag right now. I'm throwing Discmania. I'm throwing Latitude 64. I'm throwing Dynamic Discs. I'm throwing Innova. I'm th- I'm throwing 
literally almost every single man, big time manufacturer because that's 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 you've been throwing it for years. So if it's not yeah. broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would have to be a, a pretty special offer, and it would most likely have to not not because I don't want to drop a bunch of money of my own, but like I would have to say like, hey, I'm gonna need you to like supply me with everything that I would need to completely overhaul my bag. I'm, I'm not gonna pay to overhaul my bag. Well, especially if you're doing good things with it now, like why would you pay? Yeah. Two to three hundred dollars to overhaul everything, and especially if you're doing if you're doing special things with it now, like doesn't we're yeah. talking when 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 it comes down to it, forget the dollars. You're what you're really spending is strokes, because yeah. if you have to if you're changing over your bag completely and you've dialed in and you know what everything does, then that's that's the real price to pay is strokes. Yes, yeah. could potentially yeah. and, and as an open player. It could be the difference between cash and not cash. Cash and not cash, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. One hundred dollars and like six hundred dollars, you know? Like not that you're doing this as your livelihood no. presently, but it's still still financial to gains to be had there. And I don't think I'll ever do it as anything more than not with like, that attitude. No, I, uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot to be said. And I'll probably save this for like our buy or sell. But like yeah, I'll save it for our buyer sell. Oh, yes, we'll just do it. Do it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Let's just okay. do it. Buyer sell. I want to save disc golf as my hobby because the second that it feels like work, I am going to not resent it, but I'm going to have to feel that need to like always be improving, always be looking for the next like next thing that I should do differently. And yes, I'm doing that right now, but. I'm not doing it with the intent of like, oh, my livelihood is depending on this. Uh, so, just, I'm gonna, oh, go ahead. So go. my buy or sell is like keep disc golf as your hobby or do it for work. And it's uh, maybe that's not the great. I'm going well, to I'm going to sell because I once heard a quote that was, uh, "If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life." So. Um, for me, like if I got to work in a disc golf related field and just do disc golf like every day and, you know, even if it was just selling plastic or doing things like that and then playing disc golf also but that, on the side, that, but okay. Okay. Or playing disc golf, but even still, so, like, even so like my livelihood would be disc golf and would it be, I mean, would it be like, would it be stressful to a point where like, like I, I would hope that if it was my career, I wouldn't be on the cash line every single, like every single week. And if I have to, you yeah. know, go that way but i would hope that as the as the sport as the sport grows more money comes in and i can be more financially you know financially stable like i don't think it's one of those things where like i don't think i could ever like not work i think if i was on that cash line i'd probably get a part-time job working out of my van or something like that like with a laptop or like to supplement that if i was ever that close to being you know there i'm smart i think we're all smart enough to be like we have to have some kind of funds but yeah i mean i would definitely i'm gonna sell because if i'm enjoying what i'm doing i'm never working a day in my life okay yeah i was gonna say i was gonna sell that because i am actively taking steps towards making disc golf a career not in the playing sense because i suck um but like as a disc golf business venture so like that's the sales part of that and i or the sell part of that 
I will still sell it because if I was good enough and to make it my livelihood as a player to call myself a professional athlete, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I, I guess I'm. You guess technically I'm are a professional it. athlete, Michael. Yeah, You've gotten paid I, I, to. Thank you. Yes, thank you. But I think in my kind of, I I'm happy with it being a side, not my full time side position, hustle. Just because I I I have a feeling that once it kind of once it takes that next step, I have a feeling like oh I got to go all in and I gotta. Burnout, burnout's a real thing. Burnout's mm-hmm. are even yeah, a real yeah. thing in your hobbies and your mm-hmm. side hustles. Like yeah. I can, like you guys know, I can attest to that. Like it, yeah. the burnout is is real. So this is May's Mental Health Awareness Month. So this is just a quick, uh, yeah. you know, t- pause just to yep. uh, just say, check on your friends, check on people, take yep. care of yourself. Uh, as as Marshawn once said, take care of your chicken. Ah, take care of y'all mentals. Bless that man. <laughs> Bless that man. Except if you're on the one yard line. Yeah. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Matt, Matt, what do you, Matt, what do you got for us for a buy or um, sell? Mine's kind of a simple one. Uh, mine is going to be um, playing disc golf, like just playing rounds at a disc golf course, um, like, and only doing that is going to make you a better player. I'm going to buy it with the caveat of there is a limit to how good you can get playing just course. Yeah, that's yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, I'll be in this kind of the same boat because I feel like there's there's probably some pretty good people. There's definitely some good players that I feel like that they that they do zero field work, mm-hmm. but they putt a ton, and then, like, they just get their, their throwing reps on – on the course and playing and shot shaping to me, I would agree with that side of, of like this golf training because like you're getting more meaning. I feel like you get more meaningful reps than you do just like throwing in the field um, because you're not, you're not shot shaping. You're not trying to pinpoint distances. I mean, you can, right? Like you can try and pinpoint distances, but like it's a little bit different visual, but yes, in the sense of like, those people are still putting it in hours and hundreds of putts. So like they are not, they're not just playing, but they're not, you know, they're still not, they're not doing field work to death. And I, and I'm definitely not in the camp of only playing disc golf rounds to get better. Like I'm definitely, it's a good mix of all three of those things. I think you do need to have putting practice outside. If you think about it, if you play an 18 hole course and you're playing perfectly, you know, you're only going to have eight to 18 putts in a round and maybe even half of that. If you, if they're just drop-ins, if your upshots are really good. So you need to put, you have the putting practice. You need to have the field work to kind of like see how your discs fly on different angles. But then you also have to go out to the course and see how they do on specific shots. You know, we talked last week about, you know, that pushing hyzer being the hardest shot in disc golf. Well, you're only going to practice that if you have that shot on your local course or on a certain course. So I think it's a good mix of all three. And, um, you know, if you really wanted to get better, it's you got to do all three. This yeah. is not my buy or sell, but I will say that I think that playing solo rounds is one of the most detrimental things you can do because you are just kind of you're not you're not being forced to to do certain things like you're just throwing multiples off the tee. There's nothing wrong with doing throwing multiples off the tee, but you're still getting in. You're still developing like 
you could still develop unhealthy habits of just like yeah there's no one there to keep you in check i think you need to be intentional like every like just you can't just like whip five shots off the tee like every single time if you're playing by yourself i think every shot that you throw if you're going to play solo has to be intentional like okay i'm trying this shot and i'm going to try to push this or i'm going to do this or that like every shot that you throw needs to be intentional not just man i need to get closer yeah 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 yeah. All right, my buy or sell is uh, the PDGA will come out with an approved list of grip substances at some point in the near future. I mean, I think it'll. I think that's a buy for me. Like, I think all of your yeah. sports have. Like, I'm just looking at like baseball. Like, ba- I'm sure baseball has uh their list of approved substances and like all those kind of thing grip substances yeah, it's, like it's two it's two yeah it's sweat and rosin yeah yeah so like it's one of those things where i think as we start to get like as technology starts to get better for grip enhancement you're gonna see it kind of come back down and just be like hey we need to even the playing field like if this gives you an extreme advantage over another person like you have to kind of level the playing field a little bit so i'm gonna say bye on that I, I think it will come to it. I'm 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 just thinking along the the lines of like what's gonna cause it to happen. And I don't know what's gonna cause it to happen. Because you know, like Someone's gonna be playing in the rain and they're I gonna break out the spider think, tack and it's just gonna be I don't think there's <laughs> any like Pines are. There's 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 no unfair advantage because if everyone is available to have it, like we take baseball for instance, like a pitcher can have a very marked like um oh I don't wanna it's not enhancement. What's the word? Oh my goodness. Uh a, a leg up. You can have a marked leg up if you're using spider tack because you're, it increases you're, your spin rate. Yeah, it increases your spin rate, everything gets tighter, and it's you get a leg up on the batter. That that there's no you're not playing against anyone in that sense of like everyone can use it if it's there if if you want to. So But it has I, yeah. I'm just trying to think I guess of, I'm just trying to think of like what would make it happen and I don't I can't think of it. I think you'll see someone who ends up using it and they get busted for it and they win by like a wide margin or they win by like a crazy amount. And it's like, okay, then it'll cause they a big... they won't get busted for it because there's no rule right now. Well, so... no, but it, like what will happen is like that person will be using that substance like and they, somebody finds out about it and then the rule will happen because of the, like that controversy of like... I think right now it's more of a like... I'm trying to think of the word now too, but like it's an unwritten rule maybe, or like people maybe have tried it and like it's not successful, but I don't know. Like I would say right now, like no one's really looking to use it and try it, but the person who does and uses it and wins with it, then you're going to start to see, Oh, well it'll make the rounds on the podcast as, Oh, is this okay? Is this a thing like that we should be doing? Like, and then your rules will come out at that point. So here's my rationale as to why I think it's happening, and it's not for the reason that you think it would be. 
it is very evident to me that Jeff Spring and people behind the scenes of the PDGA are trying their hardest by some idea in the future that disc golf is an Olympic sport. Hence the yeah. reason for the disc for drug testing being implemented because the, these are key benchmarks you have to hit to get into IOC yeah. consideration. I think that this will come about as just a, another part of this of like, we need to tighten up so many of these little rules that we didn't, that we don't think about so that we can go forth with IOC consideration. Well, yeah. I mean, also probably maybe even like PDJ gets some sponsorship dollars from, you know, big sponsorship dollars from two or three companies and they make a rule saying that those are the only ones that are, you know, allowed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We don't Random. Know, we'll find P- out. PDGA we'll we'll find mystery. out. Random side note, I was watching the Pickleball World Championships because it was live on uh, Amazon Prime. They have some legit sponsors for that. Come on, DGPT. You need to start making some magic happen. Pickleball can do it. We can do it too. Come on now. Hey, Sean Jack's email is uh, on the Pro Tour website. So if you uh, got any advice for him, you you go talk to him. Oh, I got nothing. I am not a marketing guy. But (laughs) if Pickleball can do it, we can do it too. Come on, man. That's crazy. We need better sponsors. Who should we get? I don't know. You got to buy All of them. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in, fellas. Uh, It was good chatting with you. We'll catch you on the next one. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Be sure to check out DoorDisc.com. Follow Night Owls and our podcast network on Instagram and on social. Uh, any other parting thoughts? Uh, probably my last There's time no in spoilers. my last time in this studio. I don't know what will happen. Last time in this studio here, so you'll probably I'll probably have a different background next time you see me. That's it. That's all, right, all I well, got. I'll, the, I'll be the, the anticipation will be killing me. <laughs> Michael, uh, and there's no spoilers in live sports. There's no spoilers in live sports. That's it for us. We will catch you on the next one.